What we what we see is that we'll probably continue to hover at the bottom of the market for some time. Uh, we don't think that we'll necessarily see an uptick. So the uptick that everyone is expecting from Expo, um, we see that already that's already had been factored in in 2014. Hello and welcome to the Arabian Business Podcast, where we talk about the headlines of the region and the world and other issues that impact you, our listener. My name is Brent Boostman and I'm Chief Reporter at Arabian Business Magazine. That voice you just heard from was Donna Salbach, Head of Research at Real Estate Consultancy, JLL. In this episode of the podcast, we'll be discussing a favorite conversation topic in Dubai, real estate. It's no secret that the Dubai real estate market has been going through a downturn over the last few years, with sales prices and rents falling across the city. But are we nearing the end of this cycle? Donna is here in the AB Podcast Studio with us to help us learn more about what the future holds for real estate in Dubai. Hi, Donna. Thank you for being here with us today. I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So let's uh, let's just jump right into it, I suppose. I guess the the first question is quite general. Um, just, you know, how would you generally characterize the the residential real estate market in 2019 compared to previous years? Yeah, so I usually like to kind of give a bit of context mm-hmm. just for the audience to Please. kind of relate. Um, so we've seen the real estate, the residential real estate market kind of soften over the past couple of years. Um, so if we go back all the way to 2014, that was, a, it was when Dubai, when it was announced that Dubai would host the expo. So that's kind of when we saw the uptick in prices and rents and all the hype. Um, However, we've always maintained that that was not something sustainable in the long run. Um, And true, there was a lot of factors, both global and regional, that impacted the performance from then on. And we started to see sale prices and rental rates kind of subside and slow slow down over the past couple of years. So that's kind of just the general uh, gist of it. In 2019 in particular, prices and rental rates continue to slow down. Um, however, what we're noticing is that on a quarterly basis, that rate of decline is slowing, which leads us to believe that we're reaching to the bottom of the market. Um, so again, I think I guess the question we always get is, you know, is is this another bubble? Are we, you know, facing another market crash? I think if we look at this cycle compared to the 2008-2009, like when the global financial crisis happened, um, I don't think we're there. We're, we're definitely not at those low levels. And the fact that we've seen this decline happen gradually over a number of years, as opposed to when it happened in 2009, which was pretty much overnight, um, kind of shows that the market is really just adjusting more than an actual crash or a bubble burst. It's more of an adjustment. And, and do you find then that the the decline slowed last year then compared to, for example, 2018, 2017? Yes. So, I mean, on an annual basis, we're seeing single digit declines. So between five to eight uh, percent. Before that, we saw double digits. So 2019, we saw five to eight percent declines in uh, sale prices and rents. Um, but again, quarter on quarter, we're seeing some areas within Dubai, even, you know, flat, flat rates, not, not, no declines registered at all. Interesting. So, so last year then, I mean, in terms of what it means for owners and for tenants, um, for example, I, I live in the marina and yes. I know that rents, you know, were kind of 
where it was better for me in living in the yeah. marina because the rent was cut. Yeah. Um, I mean, is that something you you found across the board that it's kind of a it was still a renter's market? In yes. 2019? So it was definitely a tenant friendly market, as we call it, tenant friendly market. I think tenants are in a strong negotiating power when it comes to negotiating their their leases, um, and landlords are kind of realizing that because otherwise, you know, they're left with vacant spaces. But what we're also seeing, which is interesting, is because sale prices have also dropped, is we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of buy a lot of buyer end user buying activity so previously Dubai was always kind of attracting investors what we call speculative investors so people who come in they buy a property and then expect to flip it in two years and make like a 20 or 30 percent premium um, so where we are at the market now there's no more room for that what we're seeing is end users so just like me or you or other people who live here who work here who have families here um, they're shifting into buying and owning their property just because of the decline in sale prices but also favorable payment plans from the developers as well and this is follow-up to what you just said you know now um because of different government regulations it's more feasible for people to stay here in the long term than it perhaps was in the past yes does that also have an impact in terms of the end user buying a property if they feel there's a sense of permanence yes of course i mean we saw we saw a lot of um initiatives to stimulate demand so you've got the five to ten year visas um which are maybe the more kind of the more difficult to attain given the various conditions but in terms of you know getting your own getting like a freelance residency visa or setting up your own offshore company so all of these things are definitely helping people um, realize or give confidence to people that they can be here for longer and in terms of different areas of, of dubai um which areas did you did you find saw quite significant drops in in price and rents and which areas were relatively stable yeah so we we characterized the market we split it up between primary and secondary locations so the primary are those that yes we've seen declines but continue to perform above average and those are your typical you know downtown dubai dubai marina palm jumeirah those are kind of the upper end primary um, locations, not just because of the quality of the build, but because also the whole master plan and the entertainment and everything that that has to offer. Um, Second view locations tend to be the ones that are along Al Khair Road, not Sheikh Zayed Road, where accessibility is not uh, particularly easy, maybe. So things like Motor City, Sports City, um, JVC, JVT, so Jumeirah Village Triangle and Circle, those are secondary areas, and those where we saw, and those are the areas where we saw the higher decline in sale prices and rents. And I mean, going forward this year, I mean, do you are we at the bottom of this cycle? Then, do you think we'll we'll see things stabilize and then perhaps an uptick, uh, or what's the general forecast for twenty twenty? So what we what we see is that we'll probably continue to hover at the bottom of the market for some time. Uh, we don't think that we'll necessarily see an uptick. So the uptick that everyone is expecting from Expo, um, we see that already ha- that's already had been factored in in twenty fourteen. Again, as I said, when it was announced that Dubai would host the Expo, um, so I think we're going to hover around the bottom of the. Market market for some time and I know for a lot of people that might be a warning sign but we're actually quite um, positive and optimistic because it just shows that the market is a lot more mature it's more sustainable to be at that level Um, we're calling it like you know the the period of normalization it's um, again if you compare it to to sit to much older cities such as London or New York the cycles are a lot longer and they're a lot milder so no longer are we going to see the 20% up and 30% decline. 
but more of a softening and again, being at the bottom of the market for some time. And I was going to ask about Expo specifically. You said you know, the impact of it had already been factored in, but you know, a lot of people have expressed concern for of um, kind of the supply that's going to come onto the market yes. this year. I mean, is that also had that already been factored in, or is that going to have a, a huge impact? Because there's a lot of new units. Yeah. So we we kind of yeah we really raised the alarm bells around that. Um, so in 2019, we saw 35,000 residential units be delivered into the market, and residential units across apartments and villas, um, and that's the highest that's ever been delivered. Um, and in 2020, we're expecting almost 80,000. Now, we always apply a 50% materialization rate. Um, and what we know for a fact is that there has been delays in, in the handover of some projects. Um, and what we understand is that some of these delays are intentional um, to hold back on the projects and phase and phase the handover, phase the delivery. Interesting. And I mean, that's on the part of, of the government that is... Yes. Yeah. Uh, so part of the real estate planning committee. So they announced a real estate planning committee, mm -hmm. uh, to, to which aims to basically control and manage supply, avoid the duplication of projects, um, prioritize projects that are quite different and quite unique. Um, so yeah, I think they've been really active in that, in that sphere, in that domain. That's interesting. The, the committee is something that, you know, a lot of people have spoken about because at the beginning, I think it was quite it wasn't exactly clear what it was. Yes. Um, but so how do you see that operating and, and having an effect on the market going forward? So that committee, I'll give you a bit of insight, um, is being overseen by the DLD, the Dubai Land Department, and the Dubai Executive Council. And the uh, committee itself is made up of the big six, so the big six government developers, which are like Zibnakhil, Miras, Maidan, etc. Um, and basically is any project that they want to submit or any whether it's them or any of the other smaller developers it needs to go through a process of approvals there's uh, various criteria that this project gets evaluated on and then ultimately a decision is made on whether it is going to go forward or not and we know again from conversations um, with the various government entities that's been a lot of projects that have been kind of can't or said this can't go through so they're definitely being a lot more active um, with this issue of controlling supply and, you know, with all these additional units um, coming onto the market, um, do you see that supply and demand will, for example, in these traditional areas that you mentioned earlier, the marina downtown, for example, will demand for those drop as a result of kind of these new areas that are kind of being built up at the moment? Yeah, I think for these areas in particularly, I think in particular, sorry, I think they'll continue to, to see strong demand, especially, you know, if you look at somewhere like downtown, you're really in the heart of the city, you're there, you've got Dubai Mall, you've got obviously the Burj Khalifa is quite the attraction, but then you're very close to the DIFC and, and that's that's a huge thing. I mean, people, you know, people want to live where they work and where their kids go to nurseries or schools, etc. So that will continue to be a pivotal location and demand will continue to be strong there. Um, and we've seen it. I mean, obviously, Imar is kind of the, the master developer there. And um, we know that a lot of the products that they a lot of the products they bring into the market, a lot of their assets, the residential units, those get um, those get absorbed quite quickly. They get sold quite quickly, again, based on quality and just location being in downtown and accessibility. Um, and similarly, you know, places like the marina, um, it's people who want to be closer to the sea. Um, they want that whole experience of the, you know, the walk and the JBR and being able to just walk down to the beach, etc. So I think these locations have attractions that will continue to make them quite the key locations. Interesting. 
Um, and in, in terms of, of uh, what peep tenants, for example, should should expect in, in this coming year, um, do, you, do you foresee that rents will continue to, to drop perhaps at a less uh, drastic rate than before? Yes. Uh, but will they continue to, to yes, fall? Yes, yes. I, I think I think they'll continue to fall, as I said, at a, at a much slower rate. Um, so we're we're looking at a, in between like a one to five percent uh, declines. Obviously, again, as I said, some areas maybe no declines, um, but overall the market will continue to remain tenant friendly, um, and tenants should definitely push for lease negotiations. Um, I also wanted to ask um, about something you said earlier, uh, the period of normalization, I think you called it. Yes. I mean, do you, how long does it take? How long does a period of normalization take or will it take? Do you foresee? Um, I think, I mean, obviously, the, at some point in time, the big question was the impact of Expo. Now everyone's asking what's going to happen after Expo. So I think that will be a pivotal moment to kind of shape the market Um we think that the market will hold at the bottom for some time, um, potentially see further declines after Expo. But again, just a period of adjustment, nothing, nothing drastic, nothing that should kind of um, scare anyone or, or anything. Yeah. And is, is that something that you found that there's kind of uh, undue alarm about the market? I mean, because it, it, sometimes you see the media coverage uh, it's quite alarmist in terms of yes they love the sensational headlines yeah. <laughs> not just not just about the real estate market about anything right yeah. you can't like look at your phone without seeing like coronavirus or anything of that sort now so i think um i think by nature you know the media wants to be sensational and, and they want to obviously grab um grab the attention um i think we should take it all with a pinch of salt and really do the due diligence like if, especially if you're an investor really do your due diligence on who the developer is what the property is like um, you know, what's the track record of this developer in terms of delivery, the quality, um, asset management is becoming a huge thing as well. Make sure that you, you know, there's someone who's managing the asset to ensure that it's going to be there for some time. Um, the typical formula we've seen is that a building, you know, lasts for 10, 15 or 20 years. And then the mentality was always, well, we'll just knock it down and build another one. But what we're seeing now is a shift in mentality and attitude where a lot of the developers are placing emphasis on bringing external asset management companies to really kind of increase the longevity of their buildings. And that's and that's also kind of a new trend. So that's very key, I think, when it comes to really picking out your investments. I think that's, that's really good advice. Um, another thing I wanted to ask about was just switching gears a bit was mm. the JLL Momentum Index. If you could tell us yes. what that is and, and what it says about Dubai, I suppose, in in comparison to other cities in the region and what it says about the other cities. In yeah, the so this is an index that um, we do globally and we've been tracking for some time. We track the commercial activity of uh, of leading cities, which Dubai features in, um, and Riyadh featured in as well for the first time this year. Um, and it tracks, so it tracks, it looks at the prime office locations, prime lease rates. So prime in Dubai is the DIFC, for example. It looks mm -hmm. at lease rates there and how they compare to other cities globally. And interestingly, even though the DIFC is the prime, within Dubai, when you compare it to places like London or New York, it's still cheaper. So actually for an international corporate who wants to set up a headquarter here, if you're already in London and New York, you're going to get rent much cheaper here. So that's quite encouraging for a lot of international corporates as well. Um, and then it measures things like, 
you know, infrastructure, um, accessibility. So how, how do these things help making a city more desirable? Which, of course, Dubai, we know, has the accessibility, uh, not just through the metro and the road networks, but obviously the airlines as well. And being in this pivotal location between the east and the west, so that's played a huge role in promoting Dubai as a commercial zone and a commercial district. Perfect. Well, that's actually all the questions I had. Is there anything you'd like to add or a, a final thought about the market? Um, I think I think I always like to I'm, I'm very I'm a very positive person by nature, but I think um, people really need to kind of start. As you said, there's a lot of talk in the media and people kind of want to hate on Dubai and, you know, when when is it going to fail? Or, But I think we need to start changing our language a bit and really, you know, really switching our mindset and becoming a bit more positive, um, realizing that, you know what, sometimes a period of stabilization and a period of normalization, as I said, is actually okay. It's not a bad thing. It's, uh, it's, it's good for things to settle down. Um, we have obviously the expo coming up, which is a huge event. Um, so I think let's just make the most out of it and enjoy it, enjoy everything that it's going to bring to Dubai. I think the tourism and retail sectors are going to be the biggest beneficiaries of this event, which is great. Um, it's going to be great for Dubai as a brand. And again, globally, it's just going to kind of give it that extra push that it needs to be really up there in terms in, in, in rank with other global cities. Um, and let's just hope and, and I think again, hope for the best and just accept that you know this is this is what makes cities mature, this normalization. This is what makes London London or New York New York or Paris, you know, just that stability and, and that's okay. Again, people are used to I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna sell in in two years, I'm gonna make a 30% premium, but that's that's not sustainable. And I think the expectations need to change. That's not what Dubai is anymore. Perfect. Well, on that positive note, thank you so much thank for you coming so much. in. Really appreciate it. That thank was very you for interesting. Having me. Thank you so much. Thank you. For our listeners, at Arabian Business, we cover real estate in the UAE extremely often and in quite a lot of detail. We also have extensive opinion pieces from lots of real estate industry insiders. So please make sure to subscribe to the Arabian Business newsletter and head over to arabianbusiness.com for more. Additionally, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast and stay tuned for another episode next week. And for me and all of us here at the AB team, thanks for listening.